0: Good morning and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This is All Things Sane, uh, the show where we dive deep into the heart of what makes North Carolina truly special. I'm your host, State Representative Jason Sane, and I'm thrilled to have you all here on this journey with me. Since this is my debut, hang with me while I work through some of the kinks, maybe. But uh, I've been a co-host of a talk radio show in the past, but it might take a little time to work out the bugs. We'll get through it. As Toby Keith would say... I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. So we'll, uh, we'll see at the end of this. Um, I should also start with a qualifier. There will be uh, music and movie references on this show always. I just can't help it. It's just going to happen. Uh, speaking of which, later in the show, you can call in uh, toward the end of the show. Glad to hear from you and what you have to say. Uh, and you know, agreement is not required, but uh, I may ha- tell you just how wrong you are. Or you can tell me how wrong I am either way. Uh, but I would, I'd also love to hear, um, I don't know what the latest movie you've seen either hated or liked keeping with a little pop culture too, while we, uh, while we work through the day and I hope everyone had a great, great independence day yesterday. We did at my house, we just kind of took it easy. Uh, didn't get on the lake. Um, sometimes it's amateur hour on July 4th. So we just kind of let those folks do their thing and enjoy the lake and I'll be out later today, but at our house, uh, we didn't go too hard. We, uh, we grilled steaks and, had a little shrimp, did a little family movie night. My wife, Catherine, and our 15-year-old son, Jackson, just turned 15 on Friday. We watched a comedy last night that Jackson hasn't really been old enough to watch. You know, you kind of wait when you've got a son. Hopefully, he, you know, pretty soon gets there to your level of, of 15-year-oldness. And uh, so we're both pretty much on the same level. Uh, he's a pretty mature young man, so we've loosened up a bit. And uh, last night, we selected Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. Uh, it's quite the documentary if you've never seen it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it for underage kids, uh, maybe 15 or older. But anyway, uh, let me take you back. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting movie. Um, and really was inspired, uh, believe it or not, by our president. Um, what an amazing guy um, in a son, father-son relationship. Uh, we were watching and, uh, you know, watching the news over the weekend and, and saw where they found a white substance at the White House. And uh, it was not anthrax, as we, as we found out later. Apparently, Hunter had left something. And um, so, you know, and, and part of the movie, in the Dewey Cox story, he's a, he's a rock and roll star. So you gotta, he, he's kind of a spoof on every rock and roll star you ever saw through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even a little bit in the 90s. And so at one point, Tim Meadows is his drummer. So it's a very funny story. And uh, he walks in on them, and, and they're doing drugs because, you know, apparently that happens in, in the rock and roll industry every now and then. And, um, so, so he, he walks in, and he says, what, what, what is that you're doing? And he goes, this is cocaine. Dewey. you don't want any of this stuff. And, uh, to which he says, what's it do? And he says, it takes away all your bad feelings and turns them into good feelings. I'm paraphrasing. And uh, it just reminded me of the relationship that Hunter and Joe have. And, and I thought, what a great, what a great comedy to watch with your kid. But, uh, no, we got a big laugh out of it, but it is kind of what inspired it, believe it or not. Um, but I'll take you back to where it all began for me and, uh, I want to, as this is the start of a new show, tell you a little bit about me, um, what we'll be talking about, how this is going to progress, but uh, uh, my family upbringing, all is very important to me. I was born and raised in uh, the, you know very beautiful area, uh, of course, right next to the shimmering waters of Lake Norman, close by, uh, where we spent most of our weekends. Uh, you know, My dad had a boat, a little lot on Lake Norman back in the day, and uh, learned to ski when you could learn to ski on, in the middle of a weekend. Uh, on Lake Norman, uh, a few people have found out about this wonderful place we live, and they've, they've shown up, uh, and we love to have you, but, uh, but it's not quite as uncrowded as it much, once was, but, uh, but we, you know it's a close-knit community, and it had a profound impact on my values and principles from a very young age. Uh, family was and remains everything to me, and it was through their love and guidance that I discovered my passion for public service. My mother was a county commissioner in Lincoln County. She's our first ever woman county commissioner. And she ran in 1996 while I was working on uh, a gubernatorial campaign. I was driving with Richard Venroot. He was running for governor, former mayor of Charlotte. Uh, he lost that race in the primary to Robin Hayes, who I later went to work for as well uh, in, in that race. But she was running and became our first woman county commissioner. So I got to see firsthand uh, what it meant to serve uh, folks that you live around and, and, and what that really meant. Uh, growing up, I attended local schools. Um, it really fosters and pride in my community and ignited my desire to contribute positively to society. Uh, it was during those formative years my love in North Carolina took root, and I knew that I wanted to dedicate my life to making a difference in the lives of my fellow North Carolinians. And I went to uh, graduated Lincoln in high school. I was sitting in Doris Little's uh, government class and learning about government, and it really sparked my interest. And I realized that maybe I have an acumen for this. And so I went on, uh, went to NC State, studied political science. After two years, a buddy of mine uh, who, w- who had been serving in the Army, was getting out and starting at UNC Charlotte, convinced me that uh, we'd have a big time at UNC Charlotte, taking over student government and the world, and went transferred to UNC Charlotte, probably the best decision I ever made. Uh, That's where I met my wife, Catherine, um, and really just excelled at at politics there locally. Was involved in college Republicans, um, worked with a guy you might have heard of, Congressman Richard Hudson, a good friend. Uh, He was student body president at the time. Didn't know, he nor I at that time, that we'd ever serve in public office. But it sounded like a, a cool thing we might do, and uh, ended up being something we actually did. So, uh, but never would have known it back then. Um, but, you know, being in the political arena and directly affecting people's lives really make a big difference. Uh, like I say, realized I had that passion for it. Um, you know, after two years at the state, transferred to Charlotte, uh, loved both schools. Uh, but from there, from student government, I uh, became a leader in the College of Republicans with several of my classmates, I uh, mentioned Richard Hudson. Others met uh, Representative Patrick McHenry at that time, too. Uh, he, was at, he was at NC State. Didn't know him when I was there, but uh, knew him thereafter. And uh, we've all been pretty involved uh, as, as young people. And then getting getting uh, to a point where we're elected is, is kind of neat to to look back and reflect upon. Um, I'll have them both come on the show in the future. We'll get them on here. Uh, later today, we're going to have uh, uh, Representative Jeff Neely, who you've heard on this station before. He has his own show. Uh, And actually, I've called in a couple of times, sometimes from the lake, uh, from the boat, uh, but I thought he would be a great first guest as we kind of kick the tires on this thing and and run through it. My career has been a path of both challenges and achievements, from serving as a campaign staffer and manager to becoming a member of the North Carolina House of Representatives. Every step has been a learning experience. I work tirelessly to champion issues close to my heart, promoting economic growth, advocating for responsible fiscal policies, and supporting small businesses. Throughout my legislative career, there have been many ups and downs, but what keeps me going is my love for this state and its people. I'm proud of the accomplishments we have achieved together, from supporting innovative education initiatives to enhancing our infrastructure for a brighter future. And now, with this show, All Things Sane, I want to give back even more to the community that has shaped me. My goal is to provide you, the listeners, with a unique perspective on the political climate of North Carolina. I want to break down complex issues demystifying the legislative process, and present it all from my point of view as a representative who genuinely cares about the well-being of our great state. But this show is not just about politics. It's also about the beauty of Lake Norman and the lifestyle it offers. I'll be bringing in special guests, local experts, historians, and even fellow legislators, like I mentioned Jeff McNeely, to shed light on various topics, be it environmental conservation, local traditions, or the vibrant music scene that thrives in this region, all the things, all the fun things that we do uh, and why we choose to call this place home. We'll also delve into the stories of the people who make North Carolina the wonderful place that it is. Their triumphs, struggles, and contributions shape the fabric of our society. All Things Sane will be a platform for these voices to be heard, understood, and celebrated. We'll talk about the breathtaking landscapes that surround us, the history that colors our culture, and the issues that unite And sometimes divide us. Together we'll explore the diverse tapestry of North Carolina and the potential it holds for a brighter future. So my fellow North Carolinians, I invite you to join me on this incredible journey. Let's embark on a quest to better understand our state's political landscape, learn from its past, and pave the way for a prosperous and harmonious future. Harmonious future, sorry. Together we'll celebrate all things sane and all things North Carolina. Thank you for tuning in today. I look forward to having you by my side every week as we explore the heart of our area. All right, we're back uh, and uh, getting a lot of comments uh, on my personal Facebook and um, uh, several texts. Uh, one of our staffers, Carl Gilmore from the legislature, is listening in. So I, I told him I'd give him a shout out. I'm sure I just embarrassed the, uh, every, every, every living thing out of him. But uh, nevertheless, really appreciate you being on um, and, and listening to the show. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Representative Jeff McNeely. I think we've got him on the phone now. Uh, Jeff, are you there?
1: All oh, my life. I want
0: to fight about it. <laughs> oh, wrong, wrong show. Sorry, wrong show. <laughs> wrong show. But, hey, we we are, we are going to have Jeff Pillars on. I teased it on my newsletter that Jeff Pillars from the John Boy Billy Show was going to be on with me, and then uh, he got confused on the days, and I actually confused him, so I contributed to that. But uh, we'll get him on soon. He's a good friend, and i uh, love to have him on. So it'll be fun. But, uh uh, how you doing, man? Are you did you get uh, to, to vacation on the fourth or are you at home?
1: I I got to actually stay home but I got up on the lake and, and tried to drown myself in the nice cool water. So it was a very relaxing day. I, I really needed it and I appreciated it.
0: Well, let me tell you about trying to drown yourself. You'll love this. Uh, so I, I was out on the boat by myself. I'd spent all day uh, on Monday uh, working on it, so I hadn't put it up on the on the, the you know, the the wash and Worked on the boat, installed a new switch and a couple of things, putting in a new radio uh, on my little fixer-upper boat that I bought last year. And uh, then it, I went out in the cove after, you know, hot. Someone said it was the hottest day of the year. I believe it. And then uh, came back in to, to put it to the dock. And kids holding the, the boat for me as I get out, throwing some stuff out on the dock. And, it's, you know, it started to rain, which is why I was getting off the lake. And, and it was coming down pretty hard. And I went to step back on that boat. And um, thank God nobody's watching. And I ended up taking a little plunge in the water. Uh, no, no applause were given because uh, nobody was sitting up at apps and taps. It was raining too much to sit outside. So if I if I had to do that, I only had two people to to witness it. But uh, you just kind of got to laugh at yourself. I, I had on my hay dudes. I do not recommend those on a boat because they're very slick. And uh, uh, so, as I found out. <laughs> No phones were lost. Uh, my Braves hat was salvaged. That was good, so I, I got to enjoy the lake a little bit. And uh, we're gonna do Jackson had his birthday on Friday. We're doing uh, kids out on the lake on Saturday, so that'd be fun. So that'll
1: be yeah. You'll have a big time with that. You'll uh, have a big time with that
0: for sure. And for our listeners who don't know, maybe I, if they if they catch your show. They probably do. But uh, the legislature's taking a break this week, so. Uh, which is good. I think uh, all the reporters and everybody else that uh, have to work when we work uh, are probably pretty thankful of that. So uh, I'm glad you get to enjoy it too.
1: Yeah, I always tell them all down here that I, I got time off for bad behavior. We don't get it for good behavior because we don't do that. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's not. That's not in our culture what we do. Um, you know, I, Jeff, I, I think it is fun for listeners to interact uh, with legislators like this and local officials. I know Vicki Sawyer's got a show. Uh, uh, Woody, Mayor Woody Washington's got a show that uh, that he'll be doing uh, and really just interacting locally. But uh, from, from your experience, because you've done this, you're more of a veteran uh, doing this as a legislator than I am. I've been on radio before. Um, what do you, What do you find most rewarding about it?
1: Well, and I'm going to tell you what, and you'll find this out too, this is the fastest hour of your week. I mean, it goes by so quick because I feel like I've always got more I want to say, but that's me because I'm full of it and got a lot to talk about. But uh, I I just like talking with the people, hearing what they've got to say, what bothers them, what worries them, you know, interaction with your constituents. If you don't want to do that, don't get in politics. If you don't want to hear what people have to say and, and then try to help them, or direct them in the right way. I mean, it's all about providing some kind of service back to your constituents so that their life is easier. And and that should be government, period, paragraph.
0: Yeah, you know, it should be. I'm often shocked, uh, and I don't think we have as many legislators around now that we used to who would readily admit that they never read their own emails that came into their office. Now I have someone, and probably you do too, that, that sees everything I see so that that way I don't let it fall through the cracks because we do stay pretty busy. But I do like to have eyes on what my constituents are, are sending to me, whether they agree or don't agree. Of course, we get a lot of junk mail and a lot of uh, seminar emails and calls uh, to the legislature for people that we don't represent. Uh, and I always remind them, anybody who wants to call and, and uh, complain, if they don't live in the district, they, they don't. I don't really represent them. So that's not who I'm concerned about. But uh, but it is. It used to shock me some of the uh, shall I say seasoned legislators at the time who would who would not adapt to to email or, or or get a recap of the phone calls. And I sit down with my staff every day and and go through you know who's called today, what what do we what do we need to be working on, and, and what's the status.
1: And we we kind of do the same thing in our office too. I mean, she flags all the stuff she knows I'm looking for, and then the you know every once in a while you'll get a. Wild and crazy email. So she'll call me up or text me and say, hey, you need to look at this one. I don't know what to do about it. So, well, so people, we do read your emails. We really do read them.
0: Well, I think we should have a segment at some point on one of our shows where we read the bad emails, right? The people who, who are so complimentary. <laughs> um, I, I, I think they're mean tweets, if you want. Um, I, I, I love Twitter. Since Elon Musk has taken over, it's uh, it's become not quite the dumpster fire it once was. Uh, which is nice to see because you do have to get through all that uh, clouded mess. Uh, but you get these uh, folks who like to hide behind the, the keyboard, the keyboard warriors, the he, keyboard heroes, uh, that will fire off something. And every now and then, if it is a constituent at home, I, I call them, because you know, if someone's upset and mad at me, I, I really do want to know, can we improve it, can we fix it, uh, what, what's the issue? Some you can, some you can't. Uh, but but the, the mean tweets and the, and the mean letters, we, in the, my back office, and Jeff knows this, we've got a wall of hate. Uh, so where we get the nice little postcards that we get from some of the folks from Oregon and California and Wisconsin who, who want to comment on North Carolina politics, and uh, we post those up on the wall of hate. You need, you need a wall of hate, Jeff.
1: Oh, oh baby. I, after uh, about a month ago, I, I've had a tidal wave of hate. But
0: I know. <laughs> well, it happens. I'm gonna need a big
1: wall, a big wall, a big wall. Yes, it does. Well, it I, I went well, out
0: after the uh, after the uh, September 11th, 2019 uh, veto override, where we were to be in session. Uh, apparently, the Democrats were in a in a hole somewhere, drawing maps by their own admission. By the way, uh, accidentally, but by their own admission, they didn't show up for session that day and wanted to blame somebody for them not showing up to work. And we called for the veto override. I'm the guy that made this statement. Of course, you know, I'm a former firefighter at East Lincoln Fire Department. And uh, so September 11th means something to me, too, like it does all Americans. And, uh, but, but we were there to work that day, and, and um, one of the, the reporters stuck a mic in my face, and he's a good friend. He's now in Michigan, but uh, Jonah Kaplan. And uh, he, he, he said, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think about the, the Democrats not being there in the chamber and you, and you move, making the motion, uh, to which this is the famous, you know, I will not yield from Deb Butler. I you know just you know, yeah. real quick quip I said you know what hey look if if you know it's September 11th you know if we don't show up to work the the terrorists win, and I said it kind of jokingly of course he <laughs> he uh, he reported that and uh, for a solid three days we got uh, interesting uh, calls and and emails so it happens uh, if you're in the public arena you're gonna you're gonna every now and then misspeak but uh, you you move on and and I think uh, constituents are pretty forgiving about that long as long as your intense right. Um, and like with your incident, I, I think your intent was right. I was, I was there in the building. Of course, uh, heard what you said, know what you meant. I, I told people, I said most people just don't speak McNeelyese, and I do, so I understood exactly what that's, you meant.
1: That's, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an acquired language. It is an acquired language, no doubt.
0: Well, it is never a dull moment. Um, so, uh, what, what, what do you got cooking uh, for the rest of the session? What are you working on?
1: Well, you know, I got. Uh, my bill, where we're going to try to go in and regulate the hemp industry and CBD, it's kind of unregulated now, and so I think that's going to be a really good thing. Uh, a ten-year-old kid can walk in these fake shops and buy whatever, and and that needs to change, and it will. So we got that to do.
0: Well, so, we're we're never without things it, to do. Uh, it's you've, a good bill. Well, and you've done a lot on agriculture, uh, just because of your background. Uh, but do you find that, uh, and and hemp certainly falls into that category, but also from a regulatory standpoint, but do you find that that from your different, you'd served as a county commissioner, but coming into the legislature that we deal with a whole host of issues. It's not just that one thing that you know the most about, but you end up becoming a a, a pseudo expert on a lot of different bills. What's, uh, What's one that's kind of thrown you for a loop? Can you think of one?
1: Well, I mean, th- that one really is one of them because I, I, I don't know anything about hemp or CBD, but I, I hear all this stuff, and ALE came to us and said, We got to do something, y'all. We keep testing positive over 0.3 THC, and a lot of these hemp products, the Delta 8s, 9s, and 10s, and all that stuff with well, Delta, Delta 9 is pot. Delta 8, Delta 10, they're coming up with a new number every day. A- and I've had to like submerse myself and learn more chemical names than I have since I took chemistry 101 at NC state, uh, the different variations of THC and, 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 the hemp plant and cannabis. Uh, so all of a sudden, like I said, I think I could debate quite a few scholars on hemp if I had to, and education's always one, you know, we get into morality issues that you don't do at a County commissioner level With County commissioner, you fight people over a nickel, you know, you oh, know, I ain't spending that nickel on this. Here it's the nickel, and it's your heart, and it's the Bible, and it's what you believe, and I mean this it, this rips out different parts of you all the time, trying to trying to make up, you know, what you think is going to be a good law, but a fair law for all important points and all people. Uh, it's just uh, it's just very encompassing, uh, more than I ever dreamed.
0: Well, for sure. Um, it is, it more than you ever dream, you become an expert at acronyms. I mean, you threw out just several right there. I, you were talking about THC and CBD and, um, you know, I didn't even mention the LBC and, and the COPs, but, uh, um, but, uh, that's a, that's a Snoop Dogg reference in case you didn't get it, but, uh, uh the, yeah, we, I got you. yeah, well, you got it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you did. Uh, you know, there's a lot of drama in the LBC, um, but it, but it is amazing just how much we end up, uh, learning about and dealing with and. Uh, things that I never thought I would uh, even talk about. Uh, I never would have thought when I came to the legislature in 2011 that I'd be talking about transgenderism, some of the things that we talk about today. But, uh, Jeff, I, I, we're oh, yeah. wrapping up here, uh, going to the break. I really appreciate you coming on being my first guest.
1: You know, I, I, I think someday this is going to be a monumental thing in my resume that I'm going to put down. So, hey, you made it for me. Thank you, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm good for life. Take appreciate care. Appreciate you, brother. See uh, yeah Have a good have a good show. See you, bye.
0: And good morning. We're back. This is All Things Sane. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. I appreciate Representative Jeff McNeely calling in uh, as we kind of work through the kinks in our first show, just trying to figure out the the, the, the clock and uh, making sure we sound okay and, and uh, uh, not not embarrassing myself, my wife, and my family. Um, uh, it's always a challenge, uh, and so we'll work through it. Uh, one of the things that uh, we're willing to do with the show is really just talk about things that just pop up right uh, around the area uh, around Lake Norman uh, of course I'm from Lincolnton live in Lincolnton lived in Denver for a long time over in Huntersville Cornelius Mooresville um, I do want to talk at some point about my idea about a channel under Lake Norman I, I can't get the funding for it yet can't get uh, Vicki Sawyer and I really want to see this happen it's we're just going to channel under the lake so from Lincolnton to, to Mooresville uh, I, could, I could do it that way because uh, I have, a, I have a, a business in Mooresville as, as well as in Lincolnton, and uh, so I'm on that uh, Highway 150 route all the time. And trust me, I suffer it just like you do. It can't come, the expansion can't come soon enough. But um, speaking of things that pop up, on Saturday, I was with a buddy of mine on the lake, uh, just really just hanging out. Uh, when the storm blew up, and we had, we had been looking at, at homes trying to find a buddy's house, Uh, finally found it we were kind of south of of the 150 bridge um over you know south south mooresville kind of and um and we saw a storm blowing up we thought well we'll just head further south because we can see it we're watching it on our phones you know figuring out that we could get past it i've been on some storms on lake norman and um nothing like what we were in on saturday uh it was it was pretty it was pretty i mean it was rough it was incredibly rough um I mean, we had a lot of fun with it too, but because uh, we're you know two guys on a lake thinking that we're uh, you know uh, that nothing will happen to us, but uh, there were a couple times where, where it got scary and and uh, we ended up getting uh, you know under shelter under our dock. Uh, it wasn't hailing, but the but the rain was pretty penetrating. Um, but rough storms, rough seas, and you know for an inexperienced boater, I was kind of joking earlier about amateur hour on July 4th on the lake. Um, and I don't know whether this person was experienced or not, but uh, we did lose somebody on Saturday, uh, and I can I, I don't know what the cause was, but uh, uh, they were looking for him on Saturday. I think finally found him, but um, but uh, sadly uh, he had passed away. Really, because it's I mean it's it's rough out there. It can be rough out there, and uh, you know you see it on the coast, and you think well that's that's different. That's the coast, but even an in inland lake um, you you will see some rough weather. So whenever you're out there, do do practice safety as you heard me talking earlier to, to McNeely. Uh, also stepping off a dock, you could easily hit your head, which I did not do, but I did take a little, uh, dip in the lake the other day. Uh, lots going on. I uh, mentioned the, uh, the, uh, the white powder found at the White House. Uh, some days you get up and you go, I just, I can't believe what's happening next. Um, you know, we're, we're at a place in this country that is a little dark. Uh, so it's, it's, um, you, you kind of got to take it in balance. You got to, you got to, uh, see what's happening nationally, internationally. We've got wars. I mean, nothing new there. Uh, there's always been wars. There's always things going on. But one thing I do know is that you can find a lot of uh, comfort in home. Uh, we live here, you know, in, in the Lake Norman area. Uh, the reason we, we chose this area, my wife and I, when we met in college uh, and then decided to get married, uh, she loved the area I grew up in. Uh, it, is, it is a lot different from a lot of places around the world. And as we tell people, more and more people about it, and they end up coming here, which is a great thing. I'm not against growth at all. Uh, but, but just as long as you acclimate to our culture and uh, understand who we are, and as long as we can keep that small-town feel, even as we add add people to our neighborhoods, um, I think we'll be in a better place. Uh, but again, it is it is fun to serve uh, and and to hear. Uh, really, the biggest thing that we do is, as representatives is, is interact with people and, and get them to a better place when they deal with state government. Now, we also get a lot of calls that, uh, that we can't handle. Uh, okay. Sometimes I get calls for garbage for the city of Lincoln. I, I don't have anything to do with that, but I'm always happy to help uh, people get to the right place and figure out what the problem is with the garbage pickup. Uh, or it might be a congressional matter, uh, things that uh, happen at the federal level. But we try to interact with all the offices and, and, and figure out how to, how to get people to things. And we do a pretty good job with that. Um, also, serving the state legislature is interesting. Um, I Always love going out to schools and and especially like the uh, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade level and talking to these kids and and hearing from them what their perception of local government is, of what state government is, and, and finding out. Um, you know, one always ask the question, "How much do you think your legislator makes?" And uh, again, all kinds of of, uh, uh, of figures from from the the fourth grade, uh, fifth grade area. I like get I've, I've been told that legislators make million dollars they make a hundred thousand dollars um and I'm not arguing for a pay increase that's not at all what I'm saying but it's interesting to hear perspective of what people think uh happens and what really happens it's like that meme um you see you know th- what what my mom thinks I do uh what my dad thinks I do what my boss thinks I do and then the reality and the reality is we we sit in a lot of committee meetings for uh, a lot of periods of times and and uh and uh, quite frankly for me uh, been able to add extra weight uh, while sitting at the legislature because when you're there from eight o'clock in the morning till about eight o'clock at night uh, in meetings uh, it's not the healthiest of atmospheres but uh, nevertheless I love getting home where you can get out get into some sunshine I'm rocking a nice tan right now hadn't shaved this week because well I'm kind of on vacation a little bit and uh, not having to, to be in formal meetings so uh, if you're watching on on, uh, on video uh, this is, this pretty much mean usually more in a, a Columbia shirt when I'm out on the lake and uh, flip flop. So it's, uh, it's nice not to have to put on the suits and, and go to the meetings this week, but we will go back, uh, next week, uh, try to wrap up this legislative session. I think in the next two weeks, uh, we're close on budget. I'm, uh, one of the senior appropriation chairs in the house, which means I get to spend $32 billion on your behalf. And I try to do so wisely, but, uh, you know, after it, it cuts into family time, we're bumping up close to family vacation, and a couple of other things we want to do this summer. And my wife has a, a nice honeydew list uh, that uh, I, I kid. It's, it's actually my list. She goes, can't you be still? And I can't. Uh, I, like, I like going home and getting to my projects. And uh, so they're really more my projects than her projects. But uh, I've got a couple that I'm dying and itching to get to. So we will. Um, mention that uh, we will always talk about movies and music references. I'll drop a few uh, here and there uh again just kind of the lifestyle of things that uh, that go on around us uh we we've seen uh, you know the movies have stunk i think since since the pandemic there's not been a lot of great ones we did see the the, the marvel movie a couple weeks ago um uh, guardians of the galaxy 3 it was an awesome movie um and my son went and watched the uh, the new spider-man animation uh, uh series or movie with with my wife but uh, I didn't get to see it because well I was stuck in Raleigh, but nevertheless, um, you know, love to hear what you, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, I heard a lot of feedback on this Barbie movie. Of course, we have a son; I have no interest in going to the Barbie movie, but I have heard uh, some people talking about that. If you're a fan of Carowinds and if you grew up in this area, you probably are. I remember one of the things right after I got my license, uh, my little high school girlfriend and I would go just about every day down to down to Carowinds. We get the season pass, go to the pool. Ride the rides, do the things that you do at Carowinds. Um, I think cha- things have changed a little bit since then. But what really scared me, and if you're a fan of roller coasters, this should probably scare you. And I've, I've always tried to convince my wife that these things are safe. There's nothing to worry about. Uh, it turns out every now and then there is something to worry about. And uh, if you saw what happened at Carowinds, uh, where the roller coaster had the, the crack uh, in, the, in the support beam... Uh, pretty scary stuff, because you could see daylight through that thing, and and um, glad nobody got hurt, but uh, that, that would be uh, one that's a little hard to convince the wife uh, to, to come back and, uh, and uh, uh, ride a roller coaster. I've only gotten her on one time. It was at Myrtle Beach. Uh, we were dating, and uh, then that's actually when she uh, bit my shoulder. And I, when I say bit, I don't mean just a nibble. Uh, there's nothing playful about it. She was scared to death. And, uh, at one point, I guess it seemed when you're panicking and and scared to death that uh, it's okay to bite somebody on their shoulder, but, uh, we got through it and, uh, and we live to tell about it. Um, but we really appreciate, uh, all the, all the feedback from, on the show, um, people listening and, and watching online, uh, really appreciate that. Um, it, this will be, I think, I think a show that, uh, you'll appreciate and we'll, uh, We'll continue into the future. We're going to do this every Wednesday, whether I'm at the legislature or at home or maybe traveling. We've got a way to do that, and we will do that. Uh, and really want to get your feedback on, on issues that you want to talk about. But the um, uh, in the next segment, we'll have callers call in. Um, <clears throat> and glad to have you on, talk to you, uh, get your opinions. Love to hear from you. I think the number is, if I tell you correctly, I uh, don't want to mess that up, um, is 844-STUDIO-4. This is Jason Sane on all things sane. Really appreciate you listening, and welcome back. You're listening to all things sane with Representative Jason Sane. That's me. Uh, really appreciate you listening and watching uh, on on the various social medias. Um, really, for a first time show, as uh, Representative McNeely was alluding to earlier, time flies. Oh my goodness, this. Uh, you you think you're prepared for the hour, but uh, you you really cannot be prepared for time to fly like it does. Uh, this is the point in the show where you can call in. Uh, if you don't call in, I'll just make it up. It's pretty easy. Um, so we'd love to have you call in. Love to hear from you. Um, again, we'll give you that number one more time. And, you know, my brain only works half the time. But it's 844-STUDIO-4. That's pretty easy to remember. Glad to, glad to take your calls. Uh, we'll do the best we can to, to monitor through um, uh, and, and to get to your calls if you call in i uh, talking about when time flies it's it's amazing just how long or how short a time that that I've been in the legislature I was appointed in 2011 and my son was three and a half like I said he just turned 15 on Friday that is absolutely hard to imagine one it's hard to imagine that I turned 50 this year uh like most people um you you, you uh age, age age really to me doesn't doesn't really matter but uh, some people some people do think that matters uh, to think that I'm almost 50 when, in my mind, I, I think I stopped at about 32. You know, I still think I can do all those things that I could do at 32. Um, I learned that the hard way when I was cleaning up the boat on Monday, again, in that hot, hot sun, which I didn't mind because, you know, when you're, when you're at the legislature, a lot, of, a lot of give and take and back and forth. And so um, that part uh, I didn't miss on Monday because you, you don't, some days you feel like you haven't accomplished a lot. Uh, as you as you are waiting on negotiations as you go back and forth and uh, so to, to be out to be able to work on the boat and and to do it in the heat and the sun is, as bad as that sound um, it wasn't that bad uh, except the next day uh, yesterday I I felt it in my bones and my muscles and everything else you you forget just uh, just about that uh, muscle memory uh, and my muscles had obviously forgotten about uh, about what it means when you spend all afternoon out in the heat and sun did hydrate uh, very well drank a lot of water. Um, but uh, it kind of goes through you when it's that hot. Again, the, the, the call-in is uh, two, eight, excuse me 844-STUDIO-4, and love to have you call in if you're listening today. Um, we will do this show, uh, like I say, every week. I know that uh, uh, Justin and the folks here at the station are putting on local leaders every, uh, every day from 11 to 12. Uh, which is which is pretty neat. Uh, I've been on uh, Vicki Sawyer's show a number of times and on Jeff McNeely's show a number of times, and so to see that continue to be added to that lineup is uh, uh, pretty, pretty neat for me to do and, and really enjoy uh, the, all the people that we talk to at, at, in, in the Lake Norman area. This morning I was coming to the studio. I'd never been in the studio in Cornelius where we're broadcasting from, and so I, I wasn't sure how to get to the upstairs suite where the studio is located, and so I just randomly opened one of the business doors and asked one of the nice ladies in there, and they looked over and it was somebody I knew. So it's it's just it's fun, um, you know, and and good to be home, just to run into people and talk to people that you know, uh, and and really that's at the heart of representative democracy. Uh, you know, the, the founders had it right that you go back home and you and you and you answer to the people that you represent, and and work through any issues that you have, and uh, that's not and that, and that goes for Republicans and Democrats too, by the way. Uh, we don't see that on the news so much. You know, we at the legislature in Raleigh. I think I think we get overshadowed by what happens nationally. About 80 to 90 percent of what comes across our desk, what we get to debate on the House floor, ends up not being that much of a debate. It might be, you know, uh, correcting a few minor things, but in large part, um, people agree. Uh, and even when they vote against a the bill, they might say, "Well, I liked a lot about your bill." Uh, I just couldn't vote for the, the other part of it. So it is interesting uh, to, to have, to, once, you, once you go uh, and, and see that, it's, it's, it's usually amazing for people who have never been to the legislature and, and take that on and they go, oh, wow, that's, uh, that's uh, I, didn't, I didn't think it worked that way. I didn't know that Republicans and Democrats uh, actually interacted. Uh, this year I had a bill come through the legislature that had been one that um, last session we lost by one vote on the House floor. It's about sports betting. And uh, there's a great article in, uh, in the Charlotte Business Journal uh, from yesterday. Uh, Eric Spanberg had wrote about how, that, how the bill came to fruition. And, and large part, uh, I, don't, I don't gamble a lot. Uh, I do, so it's kind of recreational. Uh, but was more fascinated by the fact that we were losing money to other states. Our neighbors uh, to the north, Virginia, had just instituted casinos. They have sports betting. Uh, they have, and Tennessee has sports betting. And quite frankly, it's revenue that either goes offshore or people illegally bet. They were illegally betting. And, uh, and, and this law goes to effect in January, January of uh, 2004, or 2024, and uh, just in time for the Super Bowl, uh, if, if you're looking to place your bet, because that is the big day that everybody thinks that they, they should bet on a game. But, but it came not from a, a moral standpoint of yes or no, or opposed to it or for it, but just the understanding that it was happening anyway, and that providing transparency on sports betting, I thought was a better move for our state. Uh, got us to a better place uh, to really know what's happening out there, to know uh, are people in North Carolina betting on sports. Turns out, yes, yes they are. Um, I learned this was sitting at uh, uh, Toucans one day for lunch over, on, on, uh, over at the 150 Bridge, and two of my buddies who I watch sports with, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, pretty much love all sports, are placing bets on their phones. And I, and I just asked the question. I said, and, and I won't out them. I won't tell you who it is. If you know me well enough, you can probably figure it out. But uh, I said, how are you doing that? That's not, that's not legal in our state. I didn't think that you could do that. Because I was on DraftKings. I do fantasy football stuff like that. And, and they proceeded to tell me, you know, they're, they're buddies, going through a VPN and going through an online bookie and, and placing their bets. And, and these are people that, you know, this is not impacting their families one way or the other. They've got great families and uh, great great work ethic, great jobs. They're They're fine. Uh, but they were placing their bets, and I, I couldn't figure out how they were doing it. And as they walked me through it, that's really the culmination of, 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 of how this bill started. And uh, so we ran it through last year, got it, almost passed. A lot of obstacles, a lot of folks just didn't understand it. Fast forward a year later, it passed with a, with a margin of over 20 votes uh, on the House floor. Uh, went to the Senate, passed there overwhelmingly. And we got the bill passed, and got to sign the bill with the governor. He he signed it, but uh, at uh, at the Hornets Arena, and uh, so we were downtown at Spectrum, and and uh, really uh, it was me and, and some of my colleagues, and and because we were still in session, uh, you know, when you're in the minority, it's easier to get away from session. So uh, a couple of my Democrat friends who had helped with that bill uh, were there for the for the bill signing. So the governor and I don't talk much, but but on this issue, we we agreed and, uh, and got that bill signed so it's I think it'll be a big uh, windfall for uh, quite frankly for sports enthusiasts uh, it means more opportunities for our teams to stay in the state uh, the, the hornets the the hurricanes um, the the Panthers all were very involved and engaged and wanted to see this happen uh, as well as what it will mean for uh, being a more competitive market as we as we look t- uh, to the future I think Charlotte's like uh, in the I can't remember what the 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 most recent media market ranking is, but we're somewhere in the like 2021. 20, so to keep a team is very important for us, and and if you're a fan, you really want that to happen. My son is a huge basketball fan. Hopefully, with the uh, with the uh, uh, trades and the and the uh, signings we just had, uh, may, maybe the Hornets can be uh, competitive again. We'd love to see that, but but this will help them get there because the things that uh, things that go along with it are the the bigger exposure for the teams. Uh, and more revenue for the team, so it just means that they can pay for better players. Uh, but all of that kind of uh, came together this year, got that done, uh, and now we're working on budget. Uh, budget usually or should be done by uh, July 1st. That's the start of the fiscal year. Uh, we're not the first legislature to never make that date. Uh, I think it was the 70s when they, when the last time they actually made the date on time. Uh, but but we're pretty close to getting that finished. And all it really means, nothing stops in North Carolina. Uh, because we don't, because we don't get a budget passed, uh, what it, what happens? We have a default continuing resolution, so whatever was passed before continues up until the time we pass a new budget. So unlike Washington D.C., we're not going to have these, uh, you know, government shutdowns and, and things of that nature. We'll just get to it and get it done and, and work on it. What it does mean for departments and, and uh, um, uh, you know other elements of government is the money doesn't go out. And I and I believe we have a call in. Um, I think we have got Jason Moyer online. If, if I'm reading that right, right from Lincolnton, Jason? Yes, Representative Sane, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. I just had a, a quick question.
1: I know you guys are uh, short on time, but I want to get uh, your quick opinion. What is the most uh, pressing issue for the uh, upcoming state budget?
0: Uh, well, quite frankly, we solved the biggest one, which was Medicaid expansion, which I voted against, but the majority of my colleagues in the House and Senate voted for. Uh, so that was the big, big one. Now what's, what, what we're really dealing with is, is how much we're going to spend on, on what parts of government. I'm a huge fan of the highway patrol. Uh, I know it's, it's hard for people to say that because they usually associate that with getting a speeding ticket. But I know these guys are guys and, and women are out there all the time putting their lives on the line on our, on our behalf and uh, giving them a pay bump, a pay raise, because they're competing with municipal uh, departments and with county sheriffs and so forth on pay. Uh, that is the biggest problem that we're that we're looking at uh, right now. I think just figuring out what employee pay is going to be. But uh, we saw the big nut, um, and and we and we got through that, and um, we'll 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 get to the next one to crack. But uh, uh, really appreciate you calling in, Jason, and asking that question. Uh, there's a myriad of other issues we'll work through, but we'll get there. All right well, I
1: appreciate your service. Thank you for uh, taking the call.
0: Well, hey, really appreciate uh, you calling in today. Take care. And really that, that thanks, uh, really that is one of the um, uh, bigger issues that we look at at state government because we've got to pay, pay our employees, and we don't want to grow the government too much, but we with, with inflation and everything else that's that's pressuring us, uh, we want to do the best that we can and, and make sure that we're giving the right services to the people of the state of North Carolina. I always say we can have nice things. Um, we just we want to keep a mind of how much they cost and making sure that we've got the revenue that comes in. I've been the uh, appropriations chair. And the finance chairman, uh, I'm sorry, the appropriations chair now and the finance chairman. So I've I've been in charge of raising the revenue, but also spending it. We try to keep it within bounds, which is why our state is doing so well. It has been a wonderful hour with you. Really appreciate the call in. Uh, Appreciate Representative McNeely. Um, Look forward to doing this every week. Thanks for listening, uh, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.